You are now listening to the Think 180 podcast from Inc. 180 Ministries in Chicago, Illinois. Hello and welcome. Please stand by. You know, parents are the same no matter time, no place. They don't understand that us kids are going to make some mistakes. So to you other kids all across the land... Just don't understand. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Chris from Inc. 180 Ministry in Oswego, Illinois. Jeez, Sunday, I can't even talk. I'm wiped out after a long week. But yeah, this is Chris from Inc. 180, and uh, we're happy that you join us for episode 15 of the Think 180 podcast. As always, I'm joined by producer extraordinaire Kyle Craning. Hey, everybody. And uh, got a special guest today, uh, my son, Tyler Baker. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? What's up, big time? So uh, we're, we've been having some fun today. Uh, we're we're almost never in here on a Sunday, but uh, today we had our social media safety class, and we actually did a couple different social media safety classes for folks. And uh, it was really cool. It was cool to have my kids in here with me to do that and uh, to meet some folks and talk about social media like we have in the past. So we'll talk about that here in a few. But you know, part of that is, <laughs> you know. I've had some inter- interesting conversations, especially this week, that we'll be talking about here in a few, but I just want to kind of talk about the importance of having open communications with our kids. And it's, it's a reoccurring thing that I hear in conversations, with, with, especially with teenagers, uh, with different people that I deal with in the ministry, especially trafficking survivors and uh, people dealing with self-harm. They just don't feel like they can talk to their parents. Um, and I know, you know, when I was a kid, I, I kind of, I had an unusual situation, I think, but a lot of madness going on in my home, uh, especially until my, my dad left and then things got way better. Um, and my mom, my mom and I always had a really solid relationship and we have a great relationship and um, I always felt like I could trust my mom, but there was a lot of stuff I was afraid to tell my mom and um, I'm hearing more and more about that. Um, as a kid, like just different situations that were um, pretty heavy when I was a teenager that I didn't know how to handle. And I don't know, I guess I just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that. You know, a lot of things in my life have changed over the last eight years. And we, you know, we've talked about that a lot. And it's not just my life, but my family and my family's lives and and how I am as a dad. And uh, it's it's kind of sad to me still, but my my kids refer to f- refer to me as the old dad and the new dad still, and the new dad is a lot more present and available to my kids, and I think that's been um, a a blessing, and I I probably have an advantage that a lot of you may not have because I I have our facility here at Inc. 180 is right behind where my kids go to school and. You know, Mackenzie, when she was in high school, went to Oswego, and Tyler is a is a sophomore there, and they, and you know, we have that advantage where they can walk over here after school and sit down, do their homework, and talk to me and hang out, and um, I always kind of had a way of seeing what was going on and who they were with and what they were doing. Tyler um, is in a band. If you follow, you know, any of my other Facebook or Instagram, Tyler's a musician. And uh, he's in a band. They're pretty awesome. Ty, what's the name of your band? Who knows? Who knows? Give him a plug. But uh, 
you know, we have our shop here and then we have the garage next door. So it's not unusual for Tyler to come over here after school, do his homework and then go into the garage and start writing music or playing music. What are you breaking microphones over there? Oh, man. <laughs> Such a rock star. <laughs> what a rock star. Settle down, Kurt Cobain. He's knocking the microphone off the table here at Inc. 180. But, uh, yeah, it's been really cool to be able to, to have that where my kids come over here after school and spend time with me and, you know, we get to, you know, talk about what's going on in our lives and stuff. But Tyler, I guess I'll, I'll just ask you a couple of questions. Ty, by the way, Tyler did not know he was going to be on the podcast today, but uh, I thought it'd be kind of fun to have him in, get his, his perspective on it. But, you know, being, being 15, you know, how important is it to you? Like, do you feel, and, and I want you to an- answer this honestly, mm-hmm. like, don't feel like you have to yeah. answer this a certain way, but do you feel like, how confident do you feel that you could talk to us as parents and, you know, how, will we react appropriately? Or are we going to freak out? I feel pretty confident that, you know, yeah. if I come to you or mom, that you guys will be understanding. I mean, I know that there's some situations that I could somehow end up in. Yeah. That you guys might be like, oh my God, why'd you do that? But you're all, you guys are always understanding. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Well, we try to be. We, mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. and we learn too as parents, mm-hmm. you know, just like you're a kid and you're learning stuff along the way. We're, we're parents and we're learning along the way too. Like, um, you know, with Mackenzie, you know, who are our, our oldest, who is now 19. Uh, we learned a lot We obviously that was our first one. And then you came along, you know, four years later um, and we continue to learn stuff every day and we don't always get it right. And that's something that's important to, you know, we definitely still make mistakes as parents. And there are some things where we, we do freak out. This uh, funny story the other night, Friday night, I was in here tattooing somebody and um, Mackenzie came in here with her boyfriend, Drew, and she came back. As I was tattooing this guy, needle to skin, and says, um, hey, Dad, uh, Mom's on her way, and when she gets here, we need to talk to you about something. <laughs> and immediately, I was Jeez. like, oh, God, please don't be pregnant. Please don't be pregnant. Please don't be pregnant. And uh, I'm, I'm tattooing this poor guy, and he looks at me, and I look at him, and we both are like, oh, my gosh, like, what, what's going to transpire, right? So... Good news is I am not about to be a grandfather. I'm I'm too young for that. But uh, I apparently my daughter is buying a cat this week, so she's yeah. getting she's getting a sphinx cat. Right. That was what she and my wife had to talk to me about. And I told her I'm like, please don't do that to me because I was seriously. Did about she to realize have a heart how attack. she worded that to yeah, you? I I was think she purpose? did that on purpose okay. to right. be funny. Right. Yeah, say. But uh, I I did not come unglued. But you know we have we have had situations we've had some pretty um some pretty heavy stuff happen you know Tyler's had some stuff Mackenzie's had some stuff and <laughs> Quinn keeps us on our toes and but um I think Lisa especially Lisa um she she really does a great job of being pretty level headed with this kind of stuff and I think as a parent it's one of the things that I I have learned the most is your kids will feed off of your reaction. And their future interactions with you will be a result of how you res- you respond to these th- kinds of things. And I mean, we've had some some pretty heavy stuff that we've had to work through. But like, I really feel <sighs> like my kids are are very confident. Tyler's a confident kid for sure. He knows who he is. And, you know, Mackenzie too, and Quinn's gonna take over the world. But <laughs> am I wrong, Ty? No, you're not. She is. She's a tough kid, yeah. man. Um, and and I love that. And I I love that my kids 
feel that they can talk to us and stuff. And it's been interesting. I think I've referenced this before, but it it's very sad that some of our kids' friends don't feel that way in their home, you know? And and I'm sure there's times where Mike and I, you know what? I know this to be a fact because um, actually just yesterday, Quinn texted me. Quinn is a straight A student for the most part. And she texted me and she's like, dad, I said, yeah, she said, I have to tell you something really bad. I'm like, okay, what's up? And she said, I failed a social studies test. And my grade went in the class went down to an 85%. If I would have told my parents that they would have been like, oh, thank you, Jesus. He's got to be in a class. And she, but she told, she's like, I'm so, you know, I'm so angry. I've got to be in this class now. And I, now, while I, while I read that and I'm like, well, I'm glad that she takes that much pride in her schoolwork right. and it's that serious to her. But I was like, honey, that's okay. We all have a bad day. You just took a bad test. It happens. Right. You know, I said, it's no big deal. You know, I appreciate you telling me, but, and she's like, well, aren't you mad? And I said, no, I'm not mad at all. I'm really proud of you. I mean, you're doing really great in school. You just had a bad test and you'll be fine and you'll get an A on the next one. And, right. Um, so it's, you know, it, it, it's cool that they do that, but also there's still those things like yesterday, she was really afraid, I think, to tell me. And, and I don't know why, because I don't, <laughs> while, um, while we closely monitor what's going on with our kids at school, we don't, I don't think we ever yell at them. Do you think we've, have we ever really come down on you about grade stuff? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, you, you're a great student too. And, um, but really the only reason we, <laughs> we spend so much time on home access and things like that and have parent teacher conferences is just to make sure that our kids don't fall into bad patterns of like not turning in work, stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. um, so I, it's still there, you know, no matter how good your communication is with your kids, there's still going to be those situations where they're apprehensive to talk to you about stuff. So it's important to remember, you know, sometimes I, I speaking for myself, sometimes it's hard to remember that we too were once kids and, a lot of stuff that used to seem like a problem that was bigger than life is really trivial to us at this point, you know? Right. Um, but we have to remember that we were where they are at, at some point. It's, it's been an interesting, interesting journey, but, uh, yeah, I remember my first bad grade. Yeah. Still to this day. Yeah. And I was petrified. Oh man. Absolutely petrified. It's like, oh, the world is ending. I'm never going to see Nintendo again. Right. Well, that was me. I mean, when I was a kid, I was I was like a C and D student, and I got a lot of Fs. And I mean, I I'll never forget one summer. I think I was in junior. I was in seventh grade, and I brought home a report card. And it, back then, back in the day, they came off of like a dot matrix printer. Yep. You know, and uh, I changed so many Fs to Bs, and I really thought I was gonna get it over on my parents. No, my parents were way smarter than I wanted to give them credit for, and um, they they discovered it because the pencil that I used to change it that I was like really I shaved like no I I used just a regular number two pencil, but I really scuffed it up so it was really kind of dull, you know. So it blended. I thought I was I'm an artist, man. I thought I was doing like recreating a Da Vinci, right? And uh, the funny thing was that pencil smeared pretty quick when my mom was looking at it. And I'll never forget, man, my dad, it was like right before my parents split and that summer, I got grounded for the entire summer 
And my dad made me read like classic, like Dickens books and stuff during the summer in California. All my friends were going to the beach. I'm reading these crappy books, um, against my will, but <laughs> right. it's horrible. Nothing worse than being forced to read Ugh. and turns off people Man, from reading. So bad. honestly, and it has, it's, it's affected my whole life. Mm-hmm. And cause he used to do that all the time. Like you need to get educated. You can read this, read Moby Dick. And I'm like, uh, so now, like, I can't even read for enjoyment. Mm-hmm. I really cannot. Um, the only thing that I can read on a consistent basis and get focused and spend time on is when I read the Bible. Mm-hmm. But, like, magazines are a stretch for me. And it sucks. Wow. Yeah. But. Yeah. That, I, I know that how that is. Yeah. I mean, I was forced to read, I think, a thousand pages a quarter yeah. in sixth grade. And that was just, like, huge. I'd yeah. read a couple of books, and I'm like. How far am I? Like, oh my god, I still have six hundred p- more pages to read. Yeah, I have to do this again the next three quarters. Right, like shoot me now, dude. I remember when we had to do book reports in school and stuff. I'd go get the Cliff's <sighs> Notes. Right. Oh, I was I couldn't do it. I don't I don't know. I mean, I have ADD and stuff to some degree, but not not terrible. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if it was that or just my dad's you know punishment of of reading. It's I you know the good thing is you know I, I've referenced my my youth a lot and my relationship with my dad whatever that is or whatever it ever was but i look at it now and i'm like man i learned a lot what not to do from him Mm -hmm. and i think we all have those we all have those experiences with our parents or people in general you know like oh man i'm never gonna be like that yes um so i look at it it's it's i don't know it's one of those five you know 12 of one dozen of another kind of deals where it was good and bad, mm-hmm. but uh, I always said like when Lisa and I were dating, we got together in high school, and for a long, the longest time, I didn't want to have kids. I was like, I just, I just don't want to mess up. Like I'm <laughs> exactly. afraid to have someone else's life in my hands, you know. Right. And it was a real deal because so much of the stuff I saw my dad do uh, when I was a kid is just like, man, I I don't want to bring up a kid. Right. It's too much. Swear up and down that you'll never ever do. Yeah. I'll you never, I'll never hit my wife. I'll never do this. I'll never, I'll never do drugs. I'll never, you know, I'll never let my kid find cocaine in my dress, my desk drawer in my office at the house, you know, like I just madness. Hey, right? the 80s. I was kidding. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was nuts, man. And, um, and then Lisa and I got married and we had talked a lot like for four or five years and finally we we're like, yeah, you know what? We, we, we do want to have a family. And I said it before, like, my wife and my three kids are the best things in my life because I can't imagine life without that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm so proud of all of them for seeing who they are. I'm at that point now. And that that's kind of the fun of our conversations. I mean, we do have the hard conversations and we have those a lot and we're open and we're like, you know, Tyler and I, especially um, because when, when Tyler was born, you know, Mackenzie was first and it was like, she was like daddy's little girl. And then Tyler was born and I found out I was having a son. I was like, yes, you know, it's like a total different thing. I mean, I love Mackenzie and, and Quinn too, but it's just different. Like I love doing all the little, you know, the daddy daughter stuff with them. Mm -hmm. And I always did. And I, like, I look forward to their weddings and walking them down the aisle and all that. And I'm probably gonna start crying. But, um, with Tyler, it's just, it's that whole, I want to do all the stuff my dad never did. And we do that. Like, we have fun. 
we enjoy our life we and we enjoy our time together but we know that we have to have hard conversations sometimes and like for as great of a kid as he is there's sometimes i gotta put him in check too right but i but when that happens you understand why yeah i mean it's like um and so i'm trying to show you like not just this is how you have to be right now but like this is how you have to be in your life yeah um, and I wish I would have had that. Like, <clears throat> I, I went for four years where I really had no male role model in my life because my dad split and he was gone. I mean, and even before that, when he was there, he wasn't even there. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't really have a strong male role model until I met Lisa and met her dad, Mike, who was amazing. I mean, he was always more of a dad to me than my dad ever was. God rest his soul, but he uh, he taught me how to treat my wife now, um, his daughter, and you know I mean of course you know my mother in law, my mom too. My mom is like one of the the biggest influences in my life, but I've had so many great people kind of show me the way. But um, I think it's really important for kids. I mean, so many of the kids. If I look at the ministry, right, like former gang members, especially. <laughs> I'll sit down with these guys and I'll talk to them like, so like, tell me about your, your life when you were a kid. Like, was, what's up with your dad? And like, dude, I never met my dad or my dad's in prison or my dad's dead or my dad's a drug addict or whatever. And I'm like, man, <clears throat> and uh, I'll talk to him. Oh yeah. You know, I love my mom, but my mom had to work two or three jobs and she wasn't just wasn't around much and this and that, you know, like, dude, my I mean, cause I know cause my mom, went to work. When my dad split, he split. He didn't leave money. He didn't leave anything to help us. Never paid my mom a dime in child support and we couldn't track him down. And, um, so she worked. So I see a lot of myself and a lot of my clients and I, man, I don't ever want my kids to feel that, you know, they, they'll struggle no matter what kids struggle, people struggle, adults or kids. But, um, you know, I love having, I love even having these hard conversations with my kids because it's, I want them to learn from it and it's not about punishment. Like I'm not going to come down on them because they made a mistake. You know, Mackenzie, we talk to our kids all the time about drinking and drugs and all that stuff. And you know, you can have those conversations and sometimes they, they might slip. Mackenzie had a situation about a year ago where she was at a friend's house and they were drinking and she was drinking. Uh, thank God she had the good sense not to drive anywhere. She was spending the night there, but she got real sick, and uh, we found out about it, and it was a, it was a real tough time. I mean, we had hard conversations. There was punishment involved, and but it was a productive conversation that she learned from, and uh, I don't anticipate she'll ever deal with that again. And when she's older and has her kids of her own, she'll have her situations and her way of talking to her kids about it. So oh, totally. And you know what? She's going to appreciate that and remember that for the rest of her life too. Yeah. Because I'm sure she was scared to death. Well, maybe, or maybe not. I don't know. Oh, she was terrified. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I know how that was. I mean, myself, I don't want to tell a long story here, but I, I came home and my parents didn't, I expected them to come down and, you know, throw me against the wall or right. something, you know, and, it didn't happen at all. That's it was very cool. peaceful. And my dad said, we'll talk about it in the morning. Yeah. He's like, don't worry about it. I was I, like, okay, cool. It's hard, man. That's a hard thing to, to 
figure out what kind of reaction you want to have as a parent. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. on the fly and it's kind of all of a sudden it just comes out. But it's like um, one over the last you know seven or eight years, it's like I've almost had this kind of internal stop sign where before stuff usually not every time sometimes it, it messes up and malfunctions right. but a lot of times i'll just have this internal pause where i can just stop and be like okay before you yell let's mm-hmm. think about this right because you know have that kind of reaction it can make it worse and drive your kids further away and they don't have other conversations down the road based on that reaction so that's right just uh you know it's it, it funny because i just that just kind of came up today. We were talking in one of the social media class, uh, social media safety classes and talking about that, like the importance of gauging your reaction when you're talking to your kids, when they've made a mistake, uh, whether they're big or small. So mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, we're gonna, I think we should bring that up, you know, and just, it's a good reminder to, to parents out there, you know, whether they're parent or, you know, p- like parents like me, where my kids are older or like you, your kids are very, very young and uh, just kind of, you're, coming up to that it'll come i just want to stay in that bubble where they're two three yeah. years old oh man if we could only do that right so much easier but, uh, but i'll tell you you know i used to say the same thing like I, I you just want to protect your kids like there's mm-hmm. so much ugliness and evil in the world you know it's like how do i protect my kids from the sex trafficking the gangs the self-harm dating violence sexual abuse you know how do you protect your kids and you put them in a cocoon and it's like the so the reality is you can't. You're right. Um, and what you got to do is have these hard conversations and arm your kids with information um, and support to where they feel like, okay, you know, at least I have the information. I shouldn't make this decision. Um, but if I do, I know that I can have a conversation with my parents where I'm going to learn from this and be right. productive, have it be a productive learning experience than coming down on them and they go to worse paths. I couldn't imagine having a kid in high school today with today's technology oh. versus what it, what was available when I was even in school. It's and, terrifying. And I'm afraid of, like we, we joked about earlier, what it's going to be like when my, you know, almost three-year-old gets into high school and what the technology is going to be like and the oh, temptations yeah. and the easy things you can fall into. I say it all the time. I mean, I said it today during these social media classes. When I was a kid, I mean, cell phones were available out there when I was probably like a sophomore in high school, I guess. But it was the brick phone. It was, mm-hmm. you know, in case of emergency, break glass kind of thing. It wasn't readily <laughs> used. Um, but now, yeah, I agree. I can't imagine being a kid right now because they're so bombarded with information, uh, good and bad, 24-7. and. We, we go through, when we teach this social media safety class, we talk about real-world examples that have happened to my kids and, you know, friends of theirs and, you know, sending nude pictures on Snapchat that get screenshotted and posted on Twitter and, you know, and all this stuff. And it's just like, it, it's ridiculous, but it's happening. And it happens every single day. Like, my kids have, have come to me. Mackenzie came to me. I think she was 15 or 16. And it was right after Snapchat came out and she came over and she's like, oh my God, dad, look at this picture. Some boy just sent me. It was a picture of this kid's genitals, you know? And I'm like, okay, first of all, thanks so much for showing me that. But I didn't say it like that. I I was like, wow. I was like, okay, uh, go ahead and close that out. I said, who is that kid? And she told me who it was. And I happened to know his mom. 
and it was a situation where she was a single parent, and I called her up, and I said, hey, no, I won't say her name because she lived here in town, but I said, hey, um, I need to talk to you mm-hmm. about your son, and she invited me over, and we talked about it, and I said, here's the picture, because I took a screenshot to show her. I'm like, here you go. I said, this is your son. I, I told her what it was before I showed it to her. Right. And uh, she was she was appalled. Like, she had no idea. Mm-hmm. She had no idea. And I said, you know, she said, do you want to talk to him? My initial reaction was, yeah. In my head, I'm thinking, yeah, I want to yell at this kid. Like, what are you sending to my daughter, you know? Mm-hmm. Then I thought about it, and I knew that he had gone through a lot with his parents' divorce, and he was really kind of in a bad place. And we sat and we talked about it. And I said, hey, I, you know, I saw you sent this picture to my daughter. Like, what's going on, man? Like, here's why you need to be careful. Like, here's why you can't do this. Like, mm-hmm. and I never yelled at him. I never even raised my voice. It was a very calm discussion, just like we're having right now. Um, but I saw the value in not just ripping this kid apart. The old Chris Baker would have tore this kid limb from limb. Mm-hmm. Um, up one side and down the other. Straight um, out of Compton style. Oh, dude, I would have gone <laughs> all ghetto on him. But, you know, like, I've been blessed with this this new way of thinking. Like, man, you know, people deserve to be talked to respectfully, and, and you're going to get a better result out of it. And mm-hmm. that kid made some changes, and it wasn't just because of this situation. He he had some other things. We got him involved in some other programs, and his mom was really great with him. And, um, he actually... Uh, went back and, and formed a new kind of relationship with his dad. And it was a lot of good things that took place in his life. But it was, it was cool to see him change and make different changes. And he's a good dude now. And I've, I've, seen, I've seen him around town and stuff. But, you know, while it might be your initial gut reaction just tear into somebody, you could get a lot more of a successful result by just having a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. You know, I... I tell people, you, I mean, you guys know if you're out there listening to this and you follow my work, you know, I, I always say, you know, don't burden yourself with your past. It wasn't, it was a lesson, not a life sentence. I say a lot of stuff like that. I find a lot of really cool quotes by people in along those lines. I'm like, life's, life's too short. You know, we need to, we need to learn from our mistakes and move forward because God knows I've made way more than a lifetime's worth of mistakes in my own life. And uh, I've learned from all of it. So, What happened to passing notes in high school? Dude, oh, you know? man. Yeah. Tyler, kind of shenanigans are going down. Oh, What's the dirt? Too many things. <laughs> too many things. We'll talk about, real quick, one of the things I want you to talk about is, like, the the school Snapchat stories. Oh, yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Um. Uh, somehow these kids started making like these Snapchat stories where it was just people who were in the school right. can see like what they're posting. Yeah. So there was like, there's people like posting memes and then there's people who are just going like, add me on Snapchat. And then right. there's also people who are like talking bad about other people and it's just right. turning to this platform to be immature and disrespectful to each other. Yeah. Let's transition to that because I was going to talk a little bit about social media next. So let's let's talk about that because I think it's important. I want to get your perspective as a 15-year-old guy, like bullying. Bullying is a huge issue. How big of an issue is, how do you see bullying at school and how has it affected you? I mean, it's 
like as technology progresses, it's not so much as like physical bullying anymore. Like you know, like how you see in the movies, like people throwing each other into lockers. It's yeah. more like or at least yeah, <laughs> dude. I was oh, I'm not even going there. <laughs> but yeah, now it's just transformed into talking trash about people on social media. Yeah, because I don't. I'm not gonna say that people have become too scared to do it face to face, but they've just seemed that like. If you do it on social media, they feel more powerful because more people see it. I mean, there's I, definitely a layer of protection yeah. there too, because any, I mean, I, it's you've seen being 15 years old online anywhere, the comment section, mm-hmm. people love to spew anything that they that they know is wrong or racist or mm-hmm. bad or just whatever, right? Yeah, cruel, and they feel they're okay because they're behind a screen. Mm-hmm. So the same with school, they don't, they will never ever have the cojones to come up right to your face and say a lot of this stuff yeah, yeah. they can't handle it well especially mm-hmm. you because you're like six two and mm-hmm. yeah but yeah we call it internet muscles right mm-hmm. we we, we it's something we talk about quite yeah. a bit right yeah you're right i'm glad you said it because there's a lot of a lot of that where people have no filter on yeah. social media mm-hmm. they'll I, i'll see people adults and young people uh, that will post stuff and i'm like wow, you really think that way? Like, I've seen some people who I really consider to be friends of mine post some horribly racist mm-hmm. and just degrading stuff. And uh, it's just unreal that people have no fear to mm-hmm. post on social media. Yeah. But I mean, you've dealt with it and we won't, let's not use yeah. any names. Mm-hmm. All right. But you had a kid. So your band yeah. is, you guys have been a band for a year. Yeah. And we've talked about this so many times. I mean, there's people out there that think that the Beatles suck, yeah. right? So there's always going to be somebody that's not into your music, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you had a situation with a kid yeah. at your school. and Talk about that a little bit and how it made you feel and all that. So there was this kid, and it's funny because it was on one of those school Snapchat stories I was talking about. Yeah. And um, he's like, oh, this band sucks. Like, listen to all these other bands. Don't listen to this band. They're right. terrible. Like, at first it made me feel discouraged. Mm-hmm. And then, like... Uh, back in May, I put a poster up on my locker for the show that we did here at the garage, mm-hmm. saying like, "Oh, hey, come to the show." And this kid crossed it out, and he put, "Go see this other band." Right. And so it just made me feel discouraged because it's like, wow, people think that we're like bad at music. Because mm-hmm. at that point, we were you know starting to write REP and starting to record, and I was like, "Oh my god, like, this is so awesome!" Like I started to feel more empowered with the music, and then. The kid just came up and tore me down. And it's important. It's an important thing. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad. I mean, your honesty is yeah. very important here. And I, I tell you, I feel the same exact way because I could post something on the Ink 180 Facebook page mm-hmm. or an encouraging story or photos of before and after of a of a tattoo cover up mm-hmm. or something, right? And you get you can have a thousand people make extremely like powerful and positive comments on yeah. it. And you get that one person that says, mm-hmm. oh, the col- you s- why did you choose those colors for mm-hmm. that tattoo? That looks, that looks stupid, or I wouldn't have done it that way, mm-hmm. right? And it just instantly deflates yeah. and all the positivity out of mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah. But this, this kid that, that you're referencing, I know his parents. Mm-hmm. His parents are great people, Christians, um, friends of mine, and... Uh, I've had them in here in the shop a lot and they do a lot of cool stuff. And I'm like, I'm thinking about, I'm like, what is going on with this kid? 
and I've met him before, and he's always been a decent person when I talk to him. And he actually used to work with Mackenzie at a place locally when they were in high school, or when he just got into high school. And I'm like, what happens to make kids think it's okay to just rip into people? Like, why can't we be as focused on supporting? And it, mm-hmm. and it's not to say that he has to like what you're doing. If he yeah. doesn't like your kind of music, so yeah. be it. Mm-hmm. So be it. You know. Um. There's like I said, there's always gonna be people that aren't into your scene, into yeah. your thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's okay. But what's not okay, it's not cool to tear people down. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's fun. It's like one, that's one of the reasons why I love Ellen so much, you mm-hmm. know? Like I watch her show and it's you know, yeah, she's funny and entertaining and stuff, but it's her positivity is the reason why I watch her show. Right. And she's always sharing positive stories and uplifting stories and um and that like oozes out of her personality and i don't you know there's a lot of people like oh that's not how she really is i've heard stories about her i'm like guys i don't care like i watch her show because she's positive right i'm not her assistant so i don't i I do not care (laughs) yeah everyone has good days everyone has bad days yeah so you know the the whole thing with social media you know we talk about this a lot and you know something that was built for good has been twisted and used to breed negativity a lot of the times. So, um, but yeah, I think it's, it's important. You know, it, Tyler, you're, a, you're a lot like me in that because a lot of people, a lot of people, it's funny because a lot of people look at me and they're like, Oh, Chris is tough, man. Like Chris, you know, he, he hangs out with gangsters all day and this, that and he grew up in LA and you know, he's covered in tattoos. He's 300 pounds, shaved head, covered in tattoos. He's tough. I'm like hanging out with iced tea. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? And, but what people don't really know is like I have the thinnest skin there is. Like any ounce of negativity affects me in horrible, horrible ways. And it just it will tear me down for days. You know, Lisa has dealt with it with me for, for years. Um my counselor has helped me with it for a long time. And it's just it it stinks. Like mm-hmm. I I really wish people would just put more energy into positivity. And if you don't like me, if you don't, you know, if you're a Christian, if you're a if you're a very conservative Christian who hates tattoos, God bless you. I love you. Like I love you like Jesus does. And but I don't care that you hate tattoos. So really you don't need to write me an email and tell me. <laughs> you don't need right. to call me and tell me. You don't need to confront me in your church after I just spent an hour discussing my ministry and what God's done in my life. You don't need to tell me how wrong tattoos are that, and that you feel that way. I respect your opinion, but you know what? You don't really need to share it with me. And uh, I wish everyone could, could take that negativity, hold it inside, not in a bad way, but take it, bottle it, and use it yeah. as motivation to do better or to you know, use it as what any type of motivation as you want to. And I don't know how or when I started doing that, but like Chris is saying, and for your music or for you just being you in school, people are always going to find something wrong with you or not like you for whatever reason. People are going to love you for a lot of reasons, but never, ever. I think that's where I probably developed it. It was in high school where, you know, my group of friends kind of broke apart because, you know, we liked a certain thing that they didn't like. And they made this other group of friends who were deemed cooler. Right. were making fun of it. So yeah. they, he changed. And I was like, I'm not ever, ever going to change. Right. Like, I like this, so why should I change? So I took that, and I was like, I want to just be true to myself, and I used that as motivation in everything I did, because I said, one day, I'm going to look back and just laugh at this. Yeah. 
and it's not to seek revenge or anything, but it's just like when I see some of these guy or kids that are now grown men, you know, who haven't really done anything with their life. I'm like, yeah. look how cool you are now. And they're yeah. still so negative. They are. Yeah. And well, that, no, that's not a surprise. Yeah. Well, right? it's like the movie, uh, what was it, Grown Ups, <laughs> where they go yeah. back home, you know? And yeah. They still see like that small group of guys that were jerks in school that are right. still just jerks and not really doing anything. Mm-hmm. And that's sad because like I'm I'm always like, because I tell my kid like Tyler, what's one of the things I tell you all the time? Like, go sit with the kid at school at the lunch table that's by themselves, you know? And they do. Mm-hmm. It's like I want I want my kids to reach out to everybody, and you know it's okay to have disagreements or have different tastes and stuff. But man, just People need to stop tearing people apart. It's not cool. Yeah, and then we... Well, anyway. I was going to go political, and I stopped. See? It's my internal <laughs> stop sign. Stop, nice. Right? It's working. So, uh, one of the transition from social media, I had a really cool um, thing this week. I, I had two teachers from Oswego High School, uh, where my kids went and where Tyler goes. Uh, they came in and met with me a couple weeks ago. They wanted to... They're English teachers. They wanted to have an event for high school, the seniors at OHS, to talk about human trafficking. So they came in and met with me, and they did it last year, and um, they just wanted it to be a little bit different, a little more real kind of, uh, not, I guess, they wanted to give the kids a good dose of reality locally. Like, what is this? Because last straight. <laughs> yeah, well, kind of. But last year they did the same, same type of thing, but it was, the person that came in was more focused on international kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. and. And that's fine. That's, I mean, that's important to learn about too, but they wanted to make it more real for these kids. And they came in and, and uh, asked me if I'd do it. Of course, I was excited. I love doing stuff at OHS. Great people, great things going on there. And um, they've been really good to us. So I, I called up my friend, uh, Dr. Cassandra Ma. She's with Reclaim 13, mm-hmm. a safe house for juvenile survivors of sex trafficking. And they asked me, you know, if I wanted to bring somebody along and, kind of tag team this discussion i was like immediately i was like dr cassandra ma has to come so i called her up she's like yes absolutely i'll be there just tell me what you want me to do and i had her um talk they wanted each of us to talk for like an hour and then do a q a and uh so i had uh dr ma came in and she did kind of like the the high level information kind of like this is what sex trafficking looks like in the united states kind of thing it was as all, as always, she's she's amazing. She's one of the people that I really look up to and respect immensely uh, for her knowledge and the work that she does. Uh, so she came into that, but it's funny because she told me she's like, "I only have like thirty minutes worth of stuff." I'm like, "Don't worry, I got you. I'll cover your other thirty minutes because I can talk forever, right?" Um, Kyle has to do a lot of editing to bring this <laughs> no. podcast down to a reasonable length. Not at all, <laughs> but so I ended up so. Uh, Dr. Ma went and she did 30 minutes. It was fantastic. And then um, I went up and I did an hour and a half. And I, I told more of the, the real world, like the bringing it close to Oswego. Like these are situations in, in Oswego, busts that have taken place, or these are stories of um, survivors I've had, I've worked with um, who have given me permission to share their stories and, and talk about the situations that brought them into trafficking. And uh, we also talked about the, the recent uh, scenarios at the Asian massage places that were uh, raided and the work the Oswego PD did to do that was fantastic. And really talking about this to, to make it very local to these kids. And it was so cool because 
I'm standing there and I'm, I'm talking, I'm on stage talking and I see other teachers kind of walk in and observe for a few minutes and then leave. And mm-hmm. the principal or one of the administrators came in and did the same thing. And I'm, I'm in it. I'm like, when I'm on, I'm on, you know, and I, I was in the zone that day and I could tell that these kids were locked in because no kid looked at their cell phone the whole time that, that Cassandra or I were talking. Mm-hmm. And man, when you can get a group of high school seniors to not look at their phone for two hours, like it's a miracle. You've got them, right? Right, right. And then um, I we get to the end, and I open it up for questions. We answered no less than fifty questions from these kids, and I know that they were they were focused and locked in on it and paying attention because of the questions they were asking, and it was good, man. But it it kind of bringing it back to having those hard discussion with our kids. A lot of the questions were tied to that. And I could feel that from a lot of these kids. Um, They're like, man, like something like this happened to one of my friends kind of deals. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't talk to my parents about it. And I talked to a lot of kids afterwards that were like, I wanted to ask this question, but I didn't want to ask it in the crowd in front of the group. A lot of heavy stuff, heavy stuff, but man, like important you know, really important to talk about. I got phone calls, emails, stuff from, from a lot of the kids and some of the teachers after and it was just really positive. It was, it was probably one of the best high school speaking engagements I've been a part of since mm-hmm. we started doing this. It was, and it, it lifted me up big time. Like I got a rush from that. I was so stoked that they were, they were interested. And one of the things I said, and I, I say this to, to kids all the time is, you know, my generation isn't the generation that's going to put a, a dent in sex trafficking. It's yours. It's yeah. our kids. And, um, you know, trying to arm them with this information, show them like, this is real, this is going on. And you could just as well be affected as these survivors I work with. Um, they're just like you. And, um, it was, it was just such a cool, cool event. I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to, and again, I wanted to say thank you to, to Oswego high school for everything. Um, it was an amazing thing. And one of the administrators that came in, uh, was talking to one of the teachers to set it up and said, man, this is really great. You know, we should do this for the whole school, like an assembly. And I'm like, let me know, man. Like (laughs) I'm down. I don't charge, you know, a lot of speakers, when they go into schools, they'll charge the schools for it. I I don't charge them for it. Like, I just want to share it, man. I want to protect our kids and man, it was awesome. Um, another, another similar situation Tuesday, uh, yeah, Tuesday morning, there's a, uh, a professor at Wabonzi. She used to be at Aurora university. Now she's at Wabonzi community college. Um, Emily Heller, she's a friend of ours and I've been speaking in her classes like every semester for the last few years. And I went in there Tuesday morning, talked about human trafficking and our work around it and what we do. And she's, she's awesome, man. Cause every time I go in, she encourages her kids to bring in donations for the ministry, paper towels, razors, A&D ointment, lotion, stuff like that. And uh, she had gathered, she told her class, you know, if you bring in this many items, we won't have class Thursday. <laughs> Nothing will motivate a college kid than the no that, class. Right. Yep. Um, <laughs> so I, I just wanted to publicly say thank you to uh, Emily Heller and her class over at Wabonzi. Because they supplied us with paper towels that'll last us probably four months and razors, and it was by far the biggest donation we've ever received from 
any group or class or anything that we've talked to. So right. super cool. I had a great time. And again, they had great questions. And, you know, these are, are young people, whether they're junior high, high school or college, they're at a critical point where they're making decisions on how they want to live their lives. And uh, we, we had a great talk. Um, also, you know, if you guys follow the ministry, you know that I love to share the positive stories. You know, a lot of the stuff that we deal with is so heavy. Um, and it's a lot of it's hard to hear. That's why I have this counselor and, um, that I can talk these, these things out. But uh, I want to tell you a quick story, uh, about a survivor. And one of the things that happened this week, and there's some others that'll follow in future episodes, but, um, you guys probably heard me talk about this. If you've listened to other episodes about my, my past fear of clowns, don't laugh at me, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid of clowns for a long time. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Steven Spielberg and Poltergeist. Um, but like debilitating fear. And when the movie It came out, my wife and my kids, yes, you, teased me quite aggressively saying, oh, dad, are you going to go see It? Well, joke's on them. I did a sermon on fear at church and not being afraid and, you know, the Bible references not being afraid 365 times and, and uh, one for every calendar day of the year. And I said, you know what? I'm going to face this, this ridiculous fear of clowns. And I went to see it. And I, I've told this story, so I'll, I'll not bore you with that again. But three weeks ago, I was doing a tattoo removal session for a 19-year-old survivor of human trafficking. And when we do these, you know, it's multiple sessions. And that last time she was here, we had talked about her counseling and her aftercare. And she's, she was studying for the GED and all kinds of stuff. So she was kind of giving me an update on where she was. And, and she said, well, I'm working through fear triggers right now. There's a lot of things that just set me off that I'm afraid of. So I, I listened, I let her tell me all about that. And, and I was really interested in what she was telling me, how she's dealing with things um, that she's afraid of. And to show her like you're not alone I, I told her about my fear of clowns and I also told her that I went to see this movie and that the 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 moral of the story of the movie was you know if you let your fears run your life they're real to you and we had a great talk about it and we we kind of laughed and I I like to do that a lot of times like I'll kind of make fun of myself with them so they can you know have a little little bit of levity and you know right. break things up a little bit and um, she came back in the other day, uh, two of our survivors, uh, she was one of them, came in there with the same organization. And I'll share uh, another story next week about the other survivor that I helped uh, with her. But she came in and she said, we have gifts for you. And I was like, what? She, they, they were all wrapped up and everything. Wow. And I thought it was, it was really sweet. And uh, she gave me this, this gift and I opened it up and it was a drawing of Pennywise that she drew herself and um, it was, it was so cool. And then at the bottom it said, Chris, thanks so much for helping me face my fears and talk about my fears. You rock. And she signed it and she framed it out and I've got it. I asked her, I was like, can I hang this back here in my shop? And I've got it hung up back there. Um, but it, it was so cool. I sh- actually shared that in church today. I brought the picture and showed everybody. Uh, and I made a video, actually, if you go on Facebook, uh, the Inc. 180 Facebook page, you can see it there. And I talk about it a little more. But it, it was so cool. And 
a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, you know, that's that tattoo ministry. They remove tattoos. I'm like, man, if you look at Ink 180 and that's all you see, you're missing a lot. Yeah. It's, it's sitting down one-on-one with somebody and listening to them, um, paying attention to them, and sharing a little bit about yourself to show them, you know, hey, I'm not the only one kind of thing. And, right. And it's cool when you see it make any kind of an impact on somebody and to know that that helped them in some way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what, you know, the, the truth of the matter is it, it helped me as well because it was, it was so special to me to get these, these gifts from them um, that they made. And it was, it was really cool, man. It really touched me. And uh, I, I just wanted to share it. it was, it's a cool thing. And it, it's just further affirmation of like, yes, this is what we're supposed to be doing. Like, man, this is, you know, <laughs> things are very, very tough right now financially. We are absolutely, we're going to be putting some stuff out this week, trying to raise some funds, but we're like at our wits end with, just making things happen to keep things going. But these are the things that come through where we're God's showing us like, yes, man, you're doing what I want you to do. Keep right. going. We'll mm-hmm. make it happen. So I wanted to share that. And then uh, I guess just a, a couple little few points before we kind of close out, but you know, it is Thanksgiving week this week and um, working with survivors and, and folks that have been through things way worse than I ever have really makes me appreciate things, you know? Being able to sit here with, with you, Kyle, and with my son and, and talk about this stuff, it, I appreciate it. I'm thankful for it. Uh, I'm thankful that we have this platform, this ministry, that the, and the ability to do the work that we do because there's so many people out there that really are struggling. And, uh, you know, it's just <laughs> it's another good reminder. I mean, you know, of course, we're not just thankful during Thanksgiving, but it's a good reminder of just how great we have it and, and that we should be there and, and try to give other people things that they can be thankful for and play a role, you know, whatever it is. Um, could use some prayers. We're going to Inglewood next Monday. And um, I, I was at an event this week and ran into my friend Daniel Bear from Urban Youth Outreach up in Inglewood. We were talking a little bit and catching up. And I said, how are things going? He said, man, I've got our, we have, our kids are killing each other. And I said, well, what do you mean our kids? He said, well, we've got kids within the ministry who are killing each other. And so if you can be praying for Chicago in general, Chicago violence, um, Inglewood and Urban Youth Outreach, uh, we're going to go up there and and have some conversations and and support. Um, Daniel is an amazing dude. He's, I've got to get him on the podcast. Um, He's doing some amazing things with these kids and mentoring and doing after school stuff and, and then sharing Jesus with them. Uh, so we'll be up there next Monday. Excited about that. Uh, I wanted to say a, a very strong and sincere thank you to uh, a, an amazing place that if you're, if you live here in the area, you got to check it out uh, over in Wheaton called my half of the sky. It's a coffee shop, uh, not far from Wheaton university. Uh, I was there to, give a talk about the ministry and the work that we're doing um, a little bit about my life and stuff. And it was packed, man. It was an awesome night. Um, great people came out, great conversation, amazing coffee in this place, man. If you're a coffee drinker, go to my half of the sky. You keep saying, man, man, it's the bomb. Like I want to drive over. There. It's like, it's a 30 or 40 minute drive. And I just want to drive over there just to get coffee and hang out. 
But um, I'm going to be doing some social media safety classes there with Mackenzie in the near future. And we'll, of course, post that information on the Inc. 180 Facebook page. Um, we're running a special here. Um, for some reason, I don't, I, I've talked about this before, but people don't get tattoos in the winter out here. I just don't get it. Uh, when the winter start, weather starts turning ugly, like it did yesterday with quarter-sized snowflakes, people are not getting tattoos. So our regular business is really slow. We wanted to change that, and we also want to do something in the community that we do every year about this time. We're running a special where if you bring in, uh, you're coming in for a regular tattoo, set up an appointment. If you bring five or more uh, non-perishable food items for the Aurora Interfaith Food Pantry, we're taking 20 bucks off any tattoo over 100 bucks. So it's a great way for us to do some business. You get a great break on your tattoo, and we help support the Aurora Interfaith Food Pantry and all the great work that they're doing there. So give us a call today if you want to set up an appointment, 630-554-1404. You can always email chris at inc180.com also to set up appointments or um, private messages on the Inc. 180 Facebook page. Uh, also, a, a note that I got from Kyle. We're, um, we're starting to really see some increases in the people that are listening to this podcast, and that's great. You know, it's, we want to get information out there and just kind of share our ministry and life with you. And, um, but if you could do us a favor, uh, continue to share it with people, continue to talk about it. And then especially on iTunes, if you could rate the podcast, uh, especially if you think it's awesome. <laughs> but right. You know what? Even if you don't. but yeah, Even if it sucks, five stars just, would be appreciated. But yeah, five stars are great stars. So. But if you do that, it also increases the visibility for people that are just searching for podcasts. And you never know, it could be planting a seed for somebody to check us out and, and uh, learn more about what we're doing here at Inc. 180. And you never know, man, it could be some kid that's an atheist that hears me talk about Jesus and starts, you know, thinking about God and going to church eventually. You never know. So if you could do that, that would be awesome. Totally. You don't have to write a review. You can just rate it. Yeah. I mean, you just click on the amount of stars that you think as good as it, we are, yeah. which, you know, not... We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> it's a process. <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's very simple. Subscribing does you a, does you a huge favor and convenience to make sure anytime there's a new episode, it it's just going to pop up automatically and let you know. Yeah. And, I mean, the more activity that it's that scene on the show page on iTunes, the more visibility that this thing gets. And yep. like Chris said, anything you can do is truly appreciated. Sharing Twitter, Facebook, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Tell a friend. We appreciate it. Um, and then of course, the, you know, the last thing is um, if you would like to support the ministry of Inc. 180, you know, prayerfully consider helping us out. Donations are always uh, greatly, greatly appreciated. And you can make donations two ways. Uh, the first is on our um, website, inc180.com. If you go about halfway down, there's a, a donate button and walk you through PayPal. Um, if, you're, if you're somebody that's not, uh, not into doing stuff online, I know there's folks out there, and I've actually done that myself. I actually write a check every once in a while um, to different things. But uh, if you'd like to send in a check to Inc. 180 Ministry, um, any amount. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of times I've heard people say, you know, oh, I, all I have is five bucks. I'm like, Please don't discount five bucks because for five bucks, I can buy five tattoo needles and tubes to do five tattoo removal sessions. Um, and it makes an immediate impact. So whether it's five bucks, 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 50,000 bucks, you know, whatever, uh, anything helps the ministry keep going. 
Uh, it's you guys that help us do that, uh, especially in times like this where our regular business is off so much uh, because we don't have that funding to go into the ministry. So, And there are still DVDs available. There still are DVDs available. There are, Not um, many. No, I'm down to about 40. So if you want them, give me a shout quickly. Um, but before I get back into that, the, our address, if you wanted to send a check or come by, we'll give you a tour. We'll talk, sit and talk with you, have a cup of coffee. Um, our address is 27 Stonehill Road, Unit D is in David, Oswego, it's O-S-W-E-G-O, Illinois, 60543. But uh, yeah, like Kyle said, we do have documentaries left. Uh, it's like the last 40 that are available on the planet. So if you're uh, interested in seeing me 72 pounds ago, and but really <laughs> learning about the ministry and, and hearing from our clients tell their story you know, in their own words, check that out. Um, give us a call. We'd love to send you one. It's 25, uh, and that's free shipping. Or if you come by the shop and pick one up, they're 20 bucks. So um, we, would, we would love that. And you know, if you're in town, a lot of people are traveling into Chicago for the holidays. Man, call me up. We'll set up some time. I'd love to have you come down and, and just show you the shop and sit and talk and get to know you a little bit. We'd love that. Um, God bless you guys. You guys, you guys keep this ministry going, and we love the work that we're blessed to be able to do, and it's you guys that make that possible. So we're going to close things out with some ACDC in, in a memoriam for uh, Malcolm Young. I grew up listening to these guys and love some ACDC. Rest in peace, Malcolm. Malcolm.